Are you ready to impress your clients, your colleagues, and your bosses with your workplace English? In this English lesson, I will teach you workplace phrases and idioms that are essential for any business professional to know while speaking English. If you want to receive these phrases in PDF form to your inbox, make sure you sign up for my email list using the link below. Now, let's get started with business and workplace phrases that are essential for you to know. If you find someone in your workplace doing something in the easiest, I'll say laziest way, you can say that they are cutting quarters. Now, we only use this phrase when someone is not doing the proper procedure or they're not doing something the way that they're supposed to be doing it. So it can be kind of an insult to someone to say, you're just cutting quarters. Or you can warn people that you want them to take their time and do things correctly by saying, we are not going to cut corners on this project. If you work somewhere where safety is important, like a factory, or you produce something, you know that it is so important not to cut corners when it comes to proper safety procedures. Well, we cut corners. Don't cut corners. Cutting corners. We're talking about cutting corners. If you are in a workplace and you're doing something for the first time and you need someone to teach you exactly how to do it step by step, you're going to want to use the phrase, walk me through it. So when you say to someone, walk me through it, it means you need them to show you how to do it exactly. You need everything about the process you need explained. When it comes to computers, I know older people in the workplace often need a technical person to explain things step by step, especially if it's something that the person has never done before. If you want to tell someone that you're going to explain something to them or teach them how to do something, you can say, I will walk you through it. Or you could even add the two phrases together. I'll walk you through it step by step. Walk through it. Walk through Cougar Town. Walk me through this. This next English phrase is very important if you are going to criticize something or offer a suggestion to someone, but you do not want to come off as rude. You can use the phrase with all due respect to add politeness to your criticism or your suggestion. Now, if you're approaching someone who is your superior or your boss in the company or in your workplace, you can say, with all due respect, I do think there is a better way to get this done. This means you're not trying to criticize them or undermine them. You just, you feel like you have to suggest something and you are trying to be respectful by adding the phrase, with all due respect. Or if someone offers you a different suggestion or some criticism and you don't agree with it, you can say, with all due respect, I disagree. So this phrase is very useful when it comes to just trying to be polite in a more formal workplace. With all due respect. With all due respect. With all due respect. With all due respect. The phrase to put a pin in something means to postpone or pause a discussion about a certain topic. You will hear this all of the time in the corporate workplace. This phrase is especially essential for business meetings or business calls where there's lots of different people and there's an agenda for what needs to get done in a certain amount of time for the meeting. If something gets talked about way too much for way too long, you can say, let's put a pin in this and talk about it the next meeting. So maybe you're talking about things like a budget in a meeting 
and everyone's going on and on and on, you could say, let's put a pin in this and I will email everyone about it later. That means you're going to pause the conversation and email it later so that you don't waste too much time talking about this one subject. Let's do this. Let's put a pin in it. Boop, pin in. Put a pin in that. Put a pin in it. Have you ever met someone who does everything by the book? If you are someone who does things by the book, it means that you follow every single rule and procedure and you are not a person who likes to break the rules. So by the book means by the rule book. Maybe you are someone who is more creative and you like to come up with your own ways of doing things. Even if that means breaking the rules a little bit, you can say, I don't always do things by the book. This is warning someone that you kind of break the rules or you do things out of order or differently than most people do. So this phrase is super useful, especially in the workplace when there are so many rules and procedures and correct ways to do things. By the book. Book. By the book, Sonny, from here on. In the business place, when you are making goals especially, it's important not just to look at the small details, but to look things more broadly. So the phrase you can use for this is to say, let's look at the big picture. So maybe you're in sales and for the quarter, the quarter of the year, your sales numbers are down, but you could say, let's look at the big picture. For the year overall, we've had a pretty good profit or something like that. That means you're looking at more than just one quarter. You want to look more broadly at the whole year. Or maybe you want to warn someone that it's important not to just look at one customer or one project. Look at the big picture here. I'm starting to look at the big picture. Big picture, deputy. Look at it. To come up short. So when you fail to meet someone's expectations or you just don't reach your goal, even though you come close, you can say you came up short. So especially when we're talking about money and goals for making money for the year, if you don't quite reach your goal, you can say we came up short on our yearly income goal or profit goals. Or if you're just studying for a test or an exam and you don't quite get the grade or the score that you wanted, you can say I came up short on the test. If we were to come up short, you're going to come up short. Then coming up short. This next phrase, to hit the ground running, is really fun to use. When you are excited to begin a project or an activity, you can say, we are going to hit the ground running. And my guess for this phrase is it comes from the idea of soldiers or paratroopers jumping out of a plane and running to battle. They're excited to get into battle. They say they hit the ground running. So they were running before they even started to hit the ground. So if you are trying to motivate people in your workplace to finish a project, you can say, let's hit the ground running to finish this project in time. That means just let's be enthusiastic and quick about the work that we're going to get done. Or if someone is new to a job, but it's a fast paced environment where they're going to have to learn a lot, you could say to them, you are just going to have to hit the ground running at this job. Hit the ground running. Really hit the ground running? Are you an outside the box thinker? The phrase to think outside of the box, it means that you come up with creative solutions to things. Oftentimes it's really valuable in the workplace 
to have someone on your team that can think outside of the box to come up with solutions to things. Because if we try the same methods to solve a problem, they don't always work. I think of people who have inventions as people who think outside of the box. I think of the person who invented the Dyson vacuum as someone who thought outside of the box because vacuums used to have just circular wheels and instead of a wheel, he put a ball so that the Dyson vacuum could turn all different ways. And fun fact for you, he was thinking outside of the box first for wheelbarrows, but he used the same technology of a ball to make a vacuum and that was more successful than his first invention, the ball barrow, which looked like this. So if you want to be successful in inventing things or just coming up with solutions in the workplace, it's important to think outside the box or as I said before, be an outside the box thinker. Think outside the box. Think outside the box. Uh, thinking outside the box, yeah. Now, speaking of problems, when you try to come up with a solution to a problem and it just doesn't work, you're gonna have to use this phrase, back to the drawing board. When you say, let's go back to the drawing board, it means let's start completely over at the beginning because our previous attempt was a failure or something that we tried did not work. So we need to come up with some new ideas again. Back to the drawing board. Back to the drawing board. This next phrase is quite interesting. If you tell someone to have their ear to the ground, or you say, I'll have my ear to the ground, it means that you are going to be paying attention very closely to what is going on. And you're going to try to hear anything that people are talking about, not in a nosy way, but you're just paying attention because maybe you're working on a specific project that you need more information about. For instance, maybe you're wondering if your company is going to change a policy but your boss has not revealed to you if they are yet, you're going to have your ear to the ground and listen to other people in the workplace and see if you can figure out if the change is going to be made. I keep my ear to the ground. Well, keep your ear to the ground. Sing, let's have all units keep their ears to the ground. When you're talking about achieving a goal or you're making a deal with someone in business, and they change what needs to be done at the last minute, you can say that they are moving the goalposts. And this is so annoying when this happens. Let's say your company says you need to meet a certain marker in sales for the year, and you're getting very close to reaching that, and then they say, actually, we're gonna make that higher. They move the goalposts on you. That means instead of scoring or achieving your goal, they moved it up to make it more difficult. So this is just a phrase that we can use when we describe someone making it more difficult for you to meet a goal or be successful, even though you've been working hard towards a certain goal at the beginning. Really feels like you're moving the goalpost. This next phrase is very simple to use to say that somebody is quitting after many different attempts. You can say that someone is throwing in the towel. And this phrase is kind of like waving a white flag or, you know, quitting in boxing or another sport, you throw the towel into the ring. It just means you give up even though you've tried really hard. If you want to tell someone, even if they've been frustrated at trying to get something done and it's just not working, you want to tell them to not give up, you can say, well, don't throw in the towel just yet. 
So this phrase is really great. It's simple to use. Make sure to add it to your vocabulary. Don't throw in the towel. Yeah, by throwing in the towel. They're throwing in the towel. If you want to enthusiastically tell someone they are exactly correct about a problem or their guess for something, you can say you hit the nail on the head. So this phrase is super good to use in the workplace. It's just a really impactful phrase and it gets the point across like, you did a good job, you hit the nail on the head. Maybe your boss says, it seems like everybody is not able to get their work done because we have so many problems with our technology or our software. And you totally agree with that. You agree with their analysis of the problem. You can say, thank you. You really hit the nail on the head. It just means that you agree with them completely and their analysis or their summary of the problem was exactly correct. It's sort of a compliment to someone to say, you hit the nail on the head. Hit the nail on the head. Nick. Yeah, you hit the nail on the head. You hit the nail right on the head. Have you ever heard of someone throwing a curveball? Well, in baseball, the sport, this would be when someone throws the ball and it turns at the last minute, making it very difficult to hit the ball. In life, we use this idiom to throw a curveball when someone changes the situation at the last minute and it completely throws you off or confuses you or makes a problem. If you want to warn someone that you are going to have to change something at the last minute, and it might confuse them or cause problem, you could say, I'm sorry to throw a curveball. This means, you know, I'm just, I'm sorry to change things and make it confusing. I can't throw a curveball. Life throws curveballs. To keep your cards close to your chest. When we use this phrase, it just means that we're not telling many people our exact plan or exactly what we're going to do. We're trying to be secretive when we use this phrase to keep your cards close to your chest. When you are negotiating a business deal, it's very essential to keep your cards close to your chest. You don't always want to tell someone, you know, we're willing to pay a lot of money for this. You want to try and see if you can meet at a fair price before you tell them, the exact amount of money that you are budgeted to pay because maybe you could pay less. So keep your cards close to your chest. Use this phrase when you're being secretive in your business negotiation. To keep your cards close to your chest. Be playing your cards close to your chest. Have you ever thrown someone under the bus? I know this phrase sounds terrible, but that's why it's an idiom in English. When you blame something on someone rather than taking accountability, you can say that you threw them under the bus. So maybe your whole team agrees that you are going to all take accountability, whether you do good or bad, and your team does really bad, but you say, hey, it was all Lisa's fault. She was the one slacking. You just threw Lisa under the bus. So you didn't want to take any blame or responsibility for your team doing bad. So you threw her under the bus, meaning you blamed all the bad things on her. So. Definitely don't do this phrase, but it is useful to know because it's such an extreme phrase to throw someone under the bus. It means to blame something on them for your personal gain. Whenever it's time to throw someone under a bus. Throwing your husband under the bus. To open a can of worms. Have you heard of this English phrase? It's another very interesting one. So when you start talking about a complicated or problematic situation, 
And, you know, you brought up the subject and now everyone has to talk about it and try to figure it out. You can say, I'm sorry, I opened a can of worms. This means that the topic is really complex. And once you start talking about it, everyone has to just keep talking about it. You can't close the can of worms, which obviously it's not a real can. But that's why we use this expression, because it describes the situation perfectly when you bring up a topic that now you have to talk about. So sometimes in meetings, when someone opens a can of worms, everyone kind of dreads it because it makes the meeting last forever. Everyone has to share their opinion and argue about the topic. And at the end, you can just say, I'm so sorry I opened this can of worms. You opening up a can of worms. How would that open up a can of worms? This last phrase really makes me think of working on a boat, but you definitely don't have to work on a boat or ship to use this phrase. The phrase is all hands on deck. Now you might get an email in your English speaking workplace that says, this meeting is all hands on deck. This means that everybody in the company needs to be in the meeting. If you say, we need everybody all hands on deck for this project, we need everybody actually working very hard to finish this. Usually you will use this phrase if you need everyone to work on something that's super important or super urgent, you need all hands on deck. Congratulations, your workplace vocabulary has now increased because you watched this lesson. Make sure you study some more using the link down below to download the PDF that accompanies today's English lesson and visit englishwithkayla.com to learn more with my English course. I'll see you guys in my next English lesson on screen. Thank you for watching. Goodbye!